Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 105, with Jordan Giesler. Welcome to episode 105 of Makers of Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. My guest for this episode is a guy that I met through the sports design community probably four or five years ago in the early days of Makers of Sport. At the time, he was a graphic designer, and he has since climbed through the ranks to become the creative services and brand manager for his team. He's one of those guys that grew up in the region, went to college a couple of hours away, and found his way back home to work for his hometown team. All of that loyalty and hard work paid off as now he is part of a Super Bowl champion front office. That's right. It's a post-Super Bowl World Championship podcast, and I'm very happy to welcome aboard the protector of the Kansas City Chiefs brand, a guy I'm happy to call my friend, Mr. Jordan Giesler. What's up, man? Dude, that's a heck of an intro. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, man. Favorite part? It's got to be protector of the Kansas City Chiefs brand. Oh well, that's 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 tried and true. I mean, obviously, obviously, getting to know you over the years, man, that is definitely something that that you are. And and honestly, I mean, that's that's what teams really need, in my opinion, yeah. to to at least have one person on the creative staff that is kind of that local hometown creative that just gets it. You know what I'm saying? Try to true. Yeah, a hundred percent. The the way I like to talk about it sometimes, cause cause you nailed it, is like I talk about it like uh, Game of Thrones, the Night's Watch. Cause like you're the guardian, you're the protector, you're the you're the wall, you know, stopping right. the White Walkers from going in and, you know, removing the key line around your logo and all that stuff. Right, right. There and there's a there's a there's there's really uh, and it's kind of funny, man, out of like the industry People move around so much that mm-hmm. it's it's almost feels rare these days to have someone that that sort of stuck it out with their squad, and then yeah. and then obviously um, it, it paid off in the in the long run for you. But another guy that sort of falls in that category would be Ross over at the Dodgers, yeah. right? Like it's just it's just it's your passion, man. Yeah, hundred percent, Ross. I mean, he's got a few more years on me, but hats off to him and doing everything that he can for his hometown brand. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to be in those shoes someday. You know, uh, that's awesome. So we've uh, we've seen the photos. We've watched the parade <laughs> clips. Um, yeah. You know, you got your, uh, you're turned up. You're turned up quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, man. So how's the, uh, how's the parade recovery coming? P- parade recovery is great. And, you know, uh, we can dive a little bit in the Super Bowl, but uh, Parade was one of those moments, uh, once-in-a-lifetime moments. And uh, I, it's, it's one of those days I will never forget for the rest of my life. Um, and, you know, Super Bowl was one of those things where we were working, you know. Like, it was a working environment. It was crazy. It was great. We're in Miami. But Parade was that moment where I kind of finally got to, like, just – Enjoy it. Yeah, and, like it became uh, you know, a reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened, you know. So what? So on, like, Monday, right? Like, yeah. um, what is what is going on? Is everybody, I mean, are you, are you off a few days? Yeah, so Monday was the day that um, business staff flew back. And uh, so we're going Sunday night. Um, there's a post-game party. 
uh, you know, Sunday night in the hotel. That went till like 4 a.m. on Monday morning. Uh, we had to check our bag at like 5.30 a.m. So like none of us slept uh, mon- uh, Sunday night. Right. Um, and so Monday you're, you're coming in, uh, you're just landing, and you're kind of like it's a bit of a recovery day. And then Tuesday for us, you know, after Monday was just like, all right, uh, last tidbits, things that we need for the parade. Are the uh, screens right? You know, can we run tests? Can we do this? Can we do that? Oh, we need this printed. Uh, really quick things like that that's yeah. kind of what Tuesday was and then Wednesday was just parade yeah yeah well cool man I, I definitely want to deep dive on some of this stuff a little bit later but let's let's, yeah. let's dig back into the past a little bit here let's go let's start from the beginning man your younger days I mean obviously you grew up in the area I don't, I don't know exactly yeah. where you're from but I know you're in from the region uh, yeah. talk about that man where did you kind of discover this knack for creativity was it something you always wanted to go in from the beginning or did yeah did, was there a was there kind of a pivotal moment like for me it was uh, I was really into superheroes and then slam magazine and sneakers right I can kind of point back to that moment is there anything for you that you have or was it just kind of a an, an evolution yeah, I, I would argue there's many moments, right? Um, I, I remember distinctly growing up and loving to draw. Uh, that was kind of like the first creative passion. And then I had a friend growing up who lived a couple of houses down that also loved to draw, and his mom was like an artist and things like that. So that was really, really cool, um, you know, growing up. And I, I just enjoyed being creative and doing things like that. Um, I, I remember probably my first... Uh, uh, like creative hustle was like coloring, uh, you know, uh, coloring pages and drawing, and then trying to sell it to like neighbors and going door to door, which is oh, just wow. you know, yeah. And yeah, I'd sell it that's for like a dime. That's you know, mindset, trying, man. Yeah, 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 but that's uh, yeah, yeah that's good. I, I, you know, it wasn't very good. I didn't sell that many, but you know, I was just a cute kid trying to sell his drawings. Um, <laughs> so I think I don't know. Uh, that's probably the earliest I can think. And then, you know, as you grow up, as you grow older, uh, you know, I kind of got into design a little bit more. I think that that was mostly in, like, skateboards, skateboard culture. Because mm-hmm. um, I would, like, look at the magazines and, like, look at the decks and look at the T-shirts and be like, oh, my yeah. God, look at, look at how they formed this E. Like, that's cool. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think that's kind of what first really kind of, like, instilled that design mindset. That's a good and place I didn't to even, start, like, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Because skateboard culture, especially, I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, but sure. um, obviously it was still, you know, you got the X Games and that yeah. that sort of, uh, uh, that whole that whole vibe, man, that aesthetic was just crazy. Even today yeah. still, like you can, I, I know people, it's like you go, to an, you go to a skate store or a skate shop and just, if you look at the decks or anything, yeah. right? Like that's all still inspiration. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still to this day love. Did you skate at that yourself, stuff. or were you just kind of into the? You know, I wasn't really that good, but you know, I uh, I did for a little bit. Um, but like like I said, I was kind of more into the art side of it, and yeah. you know what the t shirts look like and all that. So I I think you know that's kind of where that started. Um, I grew up uh, in a city called o- in Overland Park, Kansas, a suburb of Kansas City. So I'm I'm a born and raised Kansas Cityan. Um, so that's really special. I grew up watching Chiefs games. Um, I also remember, you know, trying to redesign the Chiefs uniform at a certain time at an age, and then like drawing like shoes and different things for the Chiefs. So I, the passion for you know drawing creati- creativity and and football kind of really started there. Was there um, 
was there resources for you? Like, you know, like for me, there wasn't a whole lot of things. I didn't understand that sports design was a thing. Like, did you know that this was an actual thing yet? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, like, I didn't really realize that until I finished college. Like, wow. Then I, you know, I'm. Then you're like, oh no, I got to do something in my life. And you're looking at internships. You're looking at all this other stuff. Maybe I want to get into this. Maybe I want to get into that. And uh, you know, I saw that the Chiefs had an internship open, and I was just like, oh my god. Right. Is this real? Like, is is this actually something that people get to do? Right. And uh, yeah, then you know, the rest is history. After that, but so so you did go to college for you yep. got a BFA in uh, I guess it was commercial art, which which historically is a pretty traditional art major. It's right. kind of like right. predates graphic design. So I'm curious, was there right. did that is was that sort of the graphic design program at your school, or was it something different? So they were in the middle of a split of figuring out you know, what creative arts could be. Um, and then they also had a graphic design track that was in like inside of the tef- technology program. And I went into school, obviously, I lo- loving to draw and that's kind of what I did. So I went through the art side. And then as I, as I go through that, I'm going through drawing classes, painting classes, things like that. You know, I'm kind of like drifting more towards design, you know, realizing, oh, I, I really like these programs. Um, we hop on to the commercial art program where like you're starting to use like Photoshop and, you know, right. Illustrator and things like that. And, you know, they're making you take some of those technology classes, which is great, but um, not necessarily like formally trained in design as much as I was formally trained in like drawing and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it's interesting because my school had a similar thing where we had a BFA in graphic design, which is the track that I went. But then there was also this thing called like graphic communications and it was Mm -hmm. in some totally other department. And I remember when I did my internship, I had to go through them and it was like printing technologies and all this stuff. And I think actually Adam Ergel, who obviously has done some illustration work for you guys, um, he, he went that track at his school. So it's almost like, it's weird how it's all sort of split. And even yeah. today, like nobody can really figure it out, right? You've got like interactive design and then like all these things. And, and so it's, it's just an interesting field because it's design just sort of like spans across so many things. It sure does. Yeah. And, and I was fortunate enough to have uh, professors who really realized like, oh, this is kind of where this student's passions lie. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of had some work that was tailored towards where I could go. Um, so that was actually really, really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I went to school at a small school, Pittsburgh State University. It was like two hours away from home. And uh, I, I was really fortunate to be able to have a little bit of an adaptive course uh, knowing about, uh, you know, he's kind of more of a design guy than somebody who's, who's going to go out and start drawing or being an illustrator. Yeah. So, and we, we chatted briefly before this, but I, I dove back. Back into yeah. the day, man. I did my I do my research on these things and yeah. deep in the deep in the dark crevices of the internet, I found I can't uh, believe you found this. <laughs> I found a I found a little speech or a presentation you were giving at your college on advertising and your passion for yeah. advertising. The the young chin strapped Jordan was uh was was really doing a great job, man. I gotta say, I, I was impressed at, at your age and the way that you were able to to articulate what advertising was and why you cared yeah. about it. I, I, I'm really embarrassed, but uh, you know it, that's life. Uh, I'd rock that chin strap for a long time. <laughs> that was the, um, that was the era, man. Yeah, um, but <laughs> dude, when I know, was in college, we had uh, uh, 
we still we we still were doing frosted tips, so at least hey, it's not that okay. embarrassing. Okay, it's we got to find one of those. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, that speech, that was one of those like senior program things and like everybody had to do it. And like there was a, a newspaper writer, you know, for the school newspaper there. And it was kind of, it was kind of a cool moment. Um, and I actually had to, like, it was one of those things where like, I was like, I have to kill this. Like it, you know, uh, I, I'm the one student who doesn't want to do what this program is. You know, I have to go and show them what I am. So hopefully that still shows out a little bit. I can't wait till we finish up so I can go and look at this thing and see how bad <laughs> yeah. it is. But, I haven't watched part you know. two, man. I'm going to have to check out, <laughs> check out part two. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I appreciate you finding it. I can't believe it's out there. <laughs> um, no, so one thing I did notice, though, is um, like on your LinkedIn, when you list your, your, uh, your school, you yeah. seem to be very involved in things like extracurricular activities, involved in yeah. like student leadership things, volunteering. Was that something you were always kind of like a natural thing that you always had as far as being involved in leadership and and volunteering for stuff? Or was that something that you had to kind of challenge and push yourself to do when you got into school realizing you needed to kind of put together a, some extra things on your resume? Well, um, it actually stems out of... Uh, I, I didn't have like scholarships. Um, I didn't have anything to pay t- for my school. And, uh, you know, I, it, it stems out of work really. Like I, I wanted to make sure that, um, I, I had like a summer job where I would go and wait tables, um, at, uh, a place called, uh, Rainforest Cafe and then T-Rex Cafe in Kansas City. Um, and uh, uh, so that kind of instilled the workload in me, uh, pretty much, just because I had to pay off my student loans. You know, I, I was very you know work minded. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, it was more about you know working with. I, I worked with. Uh, I was a gallery assistant mm-hmm. um, for the arts gallery down there, um, and I worked there for I don't know a, co- a few years through college, and then um, yeah, and then I was involved in the arts program as well. So. Um, I don't know how much it was instilled out of like, oh, this is me. This is what I gotta do. As much as like, I gotta pay off this stuff. Like, wh- what am right. I gonna do? You know, that sort of thing. So, being a guy that at the time was passionate about advertising, Kansas City yeah. obviously has somewhat of a historic advertising scene, right? I mean, you have like Barclay sure. there, Hallmark. Um, how were, were those? avenues that you were kind of looking into like how did the whole chief's situation come about because i know you were an assistant graphic designer there for a while yeah um the chief's thing just kind of like perfect time perfect place but when i was coming out of school like i was dead set i'm gonna go work at an agency i'm gonna go learn from these people you know i have to go and figure this out and you know hopefully i can learn as i'm as i'm working there barkley was actually the one that i really wanted to work at um, and I had an aunt who formerly worked there, you know, letter of recommendation, that whole thing. Uh, didn't really work out, but I obviously landed at the Chiefs. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how that ended up working. Uh, uh, but I was absolutely dead set. Were you set. just applying? I mean, did they have a job that was open and then you applied at the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. It was it was an internship. Like, literally, it was it, it was an internship. And, you know, like I said, like, I, I couldn't believe that that was real. Like, yeah. working in sports, that... Is that even a job? You know. Um, so who was I, the lead graphic designer at the time? So, I know so at the time, her name was uh, Ashley Mulready, mm-hmm. and uh, she brought me in. She, uh, we had a round of a couple interviews. I think there might be a couple of projects as well that we did. Um, and uh, obviously, wait, didn't she go it, work for the Hornets for a while? And she now did. she's at Coca Cola, right? I know who you're she talking did, about. Absolutely. Yeah, I met her yeah. at MLC a couple years ago. Yeah, 
Yeah, she's super nice. You know, I'm, you're always going to be thankful for those people who brought you in uh, at the beginning. So yeah, uh, shout out Ashley. She she helped me start my career. That's awesome, man. So you, your journey after that initial six months took you to another company, which was not in sports, but rather more yeah. of an industrial type company. So I know yeah. for, for me in my career, anytime I've been able to design with content that most people won't find sexy, I always yeah. try to like find the joy in the content somehow and remember that there are people that are working in this industry that have a job and this puts food on tables. And you right. know, qu- quite frankly, I mean, we're all lucky to be able to sit behind a computer all day and create things no matter what the content is, right? Right. So I'm just curious um, to hear your thoughts and and what you're sort of able to glean from that experience because I know that you seems like you were able to do a little art direction and kind of expand on the skill set a little bit I think about that time a lot because you, you it's such a special thing to work in sports and you don't realize how special it is until it's gone and it was one of those things where you know my I, I was brought on part time uh, at the Chiefs, and then I had to go and find another gig. And um, I was applying, I was applying, I was applying. I was still young, you know, still pretty fresh. Uh, and I I landed this gig at this company called Ico, and they it's it's all they do is they make eco friendly light bulbs, and uh, they don't sell direct to the consumers. They sell uh, through distributors. Mm-hmm. So it's not like anybody even knows about them. Right. Right. So it's not like many people are going to see your art. So I can't even tell you how much um, you're right in thinking like, how do you find, you know, the bits and pieces that um, make it really special when you're doing that. So I I learned a lot from being there for I don't know how many months I was there, but there was a designer who was there who's been there so long, but um, he found different ways to make, you know, eco friendly light bulbs really, really cool. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think about that time a lot because. It's it's just it's not sports, and it was a moment where you kind of like sit back and realize, like, oh my gosh, I had it, I had it so good. Well, and if you think about it, man, like historically, designers were were really kind of blue collar and craftsmen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and then you had I mean, you had that whole advertising scene. You had art directors there and whatnot, where that was probably the classiest design position sure. I guess that you could have. But yeah, but it's it's nice to. I feel like a lot of people go right into something that's interesting, like working in sports, and they don't... Yeah. And, and for me, those types of experiences are always good because they can help. Like you said, you circle back to that moment a lot and often think about how lucky you are working in sports day-to-day, right? Because every every yeah. grind in every position, there's always going to be things that are like not you know, fun to do. Right. I mean, right. even for me as an aunt, as someone that runs my own business, right? Like people think, right. Oh, it's just sexy. You get to pick what you do. It's like, dude, I, I do a ton of stuff that I wake up in the morning. And I'm like, I really don't feel like doing this. Yeah. All, all the time. Um, and like I was doing like flyers for, uh, headlights, like that get sold to an auto parts store. And the, it's basically a flyer that only the auto parts store, like right. team C total B2B so, type stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it, I, it was so different, such a like polar opposite from working at the Chiefs. So uh, that that experience really kind of shaped, you know, where I really wanted to stay in. You know, it kind of made you realize like sports is special, right? And uh, uh, yeah, I think about it all the time. So, so what portfolio did you show when this Chiefs role comes back open? Right, like how did that all, whole thing come about? Are you going in and showing them? your work that you did at that place or did you kind of build custom stuff? Not really. Um, when I left the Chiefs, it was kind of one of those things. 
uh, where uh, it, it was like mid-season 2012. Uh, that was a really, really rough season for us. It just didn't work out monetarily, so I had to go and find something else. And um, when I left my last day, it was so sad because, again, like born and raised Kansas City Chiefs fan, watched the team, all that stuff, you know. Um, and so I just I knew I didn't really want to leave. So uh, when I said goodbyes to everybody, I dropped business cards. And, you know, I, I made sure I made a point to, you know, talk to everybody, you know, remember the moments that we had. Was it like personal brand business cards or like your chiefs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it was personal brand business cards because they, they all knew I had to go. Right. I mean, it was one of those situations. And um, I, I get, I got a call back based on those cards. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was surreal to get that call back. Um, and just say, hey, uh, we're going to have an, a position open, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, then uh, obviously I said yes, and then it spins to full time and all that sort of good stuff. So so that's like, a, that's super interesting that, uh, an interesting point, I think, that yeah. um, a lot of schools, kids are being taught to do things a certain way and, mm-hmm. and show your portfolios and your resumes and all these things. And, you know, you got this job based on networking, essentially. Yeah. Um, and without even having to show work. And the same thing's happened to me before too, where it's like you, somebody, I've literally worked with people before and they've like paid my invoices and, and, and they're like, I haven't ever seen anything else you've ever done. <laughs> and I'm just, it's so bizarre, right? To oh think like gosh. that. But it's, it's literally, yeah. it's about who you know and the way that you get to yeah. know people is to get out there and kind of yeah. develop um, soft skills. And I think that's something that you're good at, man. I mean, you're easy to I talk appreciate to. appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> was that something that was natural for you, or did you? Is it just something that's built up over time as you get older, right? You know, um, I wouldn't say it's natural. Um, it's something that you obviously have to really, really work on. Um, but I, I, I'm also not going to discredit the work that I did at the Chiefs when I was there. Um, I think a lot of that, you know, people saw, you know, me me staying late, pe- me working hard, me working hard on the projects, you know, talking with them. So I think that's really what made it so I didn't have to see the they didn't have to you know double check the portfolio on this kid as much yep, yep. anymore um, you've been in the trenches and they knew right, that you knew right. what it took to work yeah in the, in but the on sports. top of that you know you, you touched on soft skills and um, so I grew up with my my dad was a teacher so my, my dad's a school teacher a science teacher and then my mom was an accountant but she worked out of the home mm-hmm. so uh, she would have clients come in I would hear her talk to them you know kind of do the whole uh, uh uh, you know, chit chat right before, yeah. you know, making sure that she asked them about their life updates, all that sort of good stuff. So I would say I probably gleaned it a little bit, you know, from being in a household oh, definitely. where my mom, you know, kind of had her own business. Um, I, that's probably where I can definitely point to learning a little bit of those, those skills. Yeah. Um, you subconsciously picked up some things that yeah, kind of just worked. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's interesting, um, man. I didn't think about that because so uh, where I work from home, my kids, get to see me sort of do these types of things and they know yeah. like they know dad that's like not on a podcast or not on a phone call and then yeah. you, you kind of have that shift that happens where you're like all right it's time to get professional yeah you yeah know? yeah <laughs> yeah 100 percent um there's a thing that uh, my wife and i talk about because we work through college uh and at, you know serving so we were we were servers um and the thing that we say is like server voice because um, when, when you're waiting tables, you know, you have to present yourself in a certain way. You have to kind of give the pitch for the, uh, you know, soup of the day or whatever it may be, you know. Right. Um, so I, I, I think we learned a lot, you know, soft skills that way yeah. um, as well. Now, she, you, she works for Hallmark, right? 
She does. As she a does. creative a photographer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that you guys were like a like a a power a Kansas City power couple for like. I, I wouldn't go that, that far. I wouldn't go that far. But she's special. Yeah. Yeah. She's a photographer slash stylist over there. Um, she landed that gig. Uh, I think two, three years ago, something like that. And you know, we haven't looked back. She loves it. That's cool. So, so, um, so you've been at the chiefs now for almost seven years, obviously starting as a graphic designer. Now your uh, official title would be creative services and brand manager. And I think in those seven years, it's, it's, you started your career at a very interesting time in sports design, right? Like kind of the same way. So like when I started this podcast, there wasn't a whole lot of in-house. There were some people that were in-house, but now you're seeing like mm-hmm. full-blown content production studios in-house, right. almost like in-house creative agencies. Right. And people are really sort of doubling down. So I'm curious if you can talk about that shift that you've seen over the years when it comes to like initially, maybe you guys are just production artists essentially, yeah. to now yeah. you really are the protectors of the brand and are really right. telling those stories. Right. So uh, when I started, I... Uh, like even as the intern seasonal that I was, like we didn't have an Instagram account. Uh, there was no Snapchat. There was no Instagram stories. Uh, we, you know, when you put stuff out on Twitter, that was basically like reporting the facts. Um, and uh, I have seen that content evolution year over year. Um, and so uh, it, it, it's just such a vastly different landscape um, now versus then. Um, the amount of work that we do now is vastly different than what we did back then. Yeah, and uh, it, it it kind of evolved. And uh, in in 2012, like we didn't really have much of a style guide. Uh, we 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 didn't, and we kind of went to like a consultant agency and then an agency as well that helped us develop. You know who we are, why we are, what makes our fan tick, and all that sort of good stuff. So we actually got in early on that that brand stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to sports, we really, you know, found it extremely important for us to know um, who we are and why we are, uh, which was really special. Um, I know a little bit of that growing up in Kansas City, the things that make, you know, our fans tick. Mm-hmm. But um, that kind of helped us develop the Kansas City Chiefs. This is Chiefs Kingdom brand, and uh, then in thirteen, that that kind of evolved, and then we uh, became more. Uh, uh, consistent in how we developed that and showed that and what ads we put out and what auto home was and all that. So, so did that predate you, the Chiefs, this is Chiefs Kingdom thing? No. Okay, it, so you were I kind of got it. right in, right as it was being developed. Um, so we had an a- agency here who did a fantastic job working with us on that and then, you know, helped us evolve that as we, as, as we move forward. So, um, yeah, that's a great line, man. I, I mean, I, th- I think I told you that a couple few years back, but man, it's it's yeah. one of the one of the better taglines, I think, in in uh, especially the NFL. Yeah, and that that's that's one of those things too. Like um, I touched on it a little bit, but in 2012, we had we had a different tagline. It was uh, "Together is Powerful," and it was a very very tough year for us. We won two games. Um, and uh, uh, the thing I like to say is we were anything but together, we were anything but fa- powerful. And so uh, we really had to reset the deck. And we actually did a really, really good job of self-evaluation, right? Yeah. Um, to figure out where we needed to go. And this is She's Kingdom stemmed from um, our, our radio announcer uh, saying, like, the kingdom. Yeah, and his name is Mitch Holtus. He's awesome. I'm sure you've he- heard him. He was uh, speaking at at the parade and things like that. He's he's a very special person, uh, not just to our fan base, but um, 
to, to everybody who comes across Jesus Kingdom. But um, so that's kind of where that started, and then you know we kind of uh, put a spin on it for this is, and then it then became like how you plant your flag, right? Right. Um, well, it's, it's, it rallies the troops, right? Right. And what's interesting about it, it, it when you brought up your other line that was kind of a rough season, mm-hmm. that's. If you think about it, so Chiefs Kingdom, it never changes, right? It's always Chiefs Kingdom, right. whether you have a losing season or a winning season, right? So that that line stands the test of time, no matter what the results of the season are. Whereas if you write your your concept around something that, especially is something you can't control as a creative staff, sure. I mean, that's, that's something to think about that I never really considered as far as sports marketing is concerned. Yeah. Uh, well, we also like to think of it as, you know, it's not just a tagline as much as it is like it's a moniker for our fan base. So we didn't have that, you know, pre-2013. Um, and then it took a long time of being consistent and saying this, saying this, saying this. And now we think that Chiefs Kingdom is, you know, on par or, you know, it, it's as synonymous as, say, like a Raider Nation or Steelers uh, Nation or anything like that. So from a from an I guess an evolutionary standpoint of being a creative in-house. And we've talked about how initially you guys didn't have an Instagram, things changed, social teams got very involved with social, the actual social media companies got involved with, with teams. Yeah. How is, how is your, I guess, educational process as far as keeping up with those times? Because obviously working in-house in sports, you're very busy all the time. Yeah. Right. So how do you kind of stay in tune with what's happening? And then are you working with the uh, brands themselves? Like, you know, Twitter has all these like account reps or whatever set up for, um, you know, NFL teams and whatnot. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to take it back a little bit. We didn't have like a social media person. Um, we had like a website guy, uh, back in a webmaster. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then that kind of role evolved a little bit and we had, we added a website guy and then a social media person. Um, and then as that's gone on, we've added another social media, uh, person. And then, uh, they're, they're kind of like the account reps who work with Twitter or who work with like NFL and all that. And then, then you see NFL seeing like, Oh, we have all this great content. We need to create this content team. So they have these LCCs who go out and shoot games and get all this specified content. So it's not just, you know, a social media person, you know, going down there and getting the Snapchat or getting the Instagram stories or all that. So it's really kind of, it's exponentially grown ever since I've been here. Um, I've only seen it grow, uh, to be honest. I haven't seen a down year. Um, so uh, the way that's been managed, you know, when I started versus now is so vastly different. And we're, we're in a much better place now. Um, but uh, it's amazing the teams and the staffs that you see out there. Yeah. Not just on the creative side, but also, you know, how that creative side works with the social side, how that social side works with the content side. Uh, we were very fortunate um, to have a pretty big video content team. Uh, in 2012, 2013. um, And we've kind of kept that throughout. So that's kind of one of our backbones, one of the things that we really have that's very strong. We have a very good video content team who pumps out phenomenal work. So at that point in time, that video content team, like pre-Instagram, what type of, what are they doing? Like where are they posting So we were doing TV shows. We were doing TV shows. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, we had a show called The Kingdom Show. We had Hy-Vee Chiefs Insider. We had, you know, uh, we had a couple others. um, And then, you know, now that's evolved into one 
one or two TV shows and then a podcast network and then uh, obviously a, a content team on top of that, short format video for social um, and all, all of that. Does yeah. all of that now fall under the same creative studio or are, is it siloed at all? Yeah, it, it's a little bit separate, right? So Chief's design is still under marketing. So um, I'm on the marketing side, but I work hand-in-hand hand with social. Social is also a part of the video content team uh, that we call 65TPT. 65TPT also works with AeroVision, um, AeroVision being the Jumbotron here at Arrowhead. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's all kind of folded together. Uh, it has a little bit um, of distance, but just the right amount, and uh, we work all the time together. So as far as Chief's design is concerned, like, like give us a little insight into that particular staff. Because it seems like, I know a few years back, I, I got was fortunate to be able to help you on a project. I remember you were sort of like yeah. drowning at that point yeah. where it was like so much work. And you, um, it seems like you've got some support now and that the team's bought in on kind of bringing in some people. And Yeah. So we, we've gotten more support over the years. Um, and we still have one full-time person, that's me, when it comes to design design. Um, and then we have two seasonals who help us throughout the year, and they hit uh, 1,500 hours throughout the year. Um, so it's one of those things where we bring in a lot of people, and you know, over the years I've, had to, I've been fortunate to bring in a lot of people to help us develop our brand. Um, so that's kind of how it is on the design side right now. And then we also used to have that agency for about five years. You know, I think it was 13 to 18, somewhere around there. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how it's been uh, on the design side. So, at the, would the agency work on kind of like the season season ticket campaign, and then you would do a lot? Yeah, of- it 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 kind of started with Kingdom, right? And uh, ha- you know, developing out of home, and then having all these meetings and talking about radio, and then we no longer do radio and uh, different things like that. So, um, agency worked on uh, helping us set the deck for the year um, and then now we've kind of moved on from that and we're doing different sort of paid social a little bit less out of home um, you know trade radio things like that right have you been able to um, we talked about soft skills earlier have you been able to find your I guess voice within the organization on maybe pushing back on some things or really trying to oh, yeah. get your opinion out there oh yeah um, 100% uh, so there's been many times when you're designing something and you know it's right, um, and uh, you can you can just feel it in your bones. Those sorts of things, um, and so when those moments happen, um, uh, we really really make sure that we elevate things the right way and we talk to the right people in the right way. Um, so uh, an example I can talk to specifically about that, you know, just this year was the 60th season campaign. Um, we knew that 60th season was coming up for a couple of years. Um, uh, we all, all always try to honor tradition here at the Chiefs. That's one of the like pillars. It's actually in our mission statement. It's one of the four phrases in our mission statement. So uh, we knew we had to do something extremely special. So we started, I don't know, probably about this time last year. We had the mark kind of already created, but not you know, the family of marks or the style guide or the reasons why all figured out. Um, so yeah, we actually, for that specific campaign, we, um, went to our archives. We have a very vast archive 
of you know old newspapers, clippings, magazines, things like that, where we can go and find some old marks and things like that. Um, so that's kind of how the 60th season started and uh, developed. And then you know on the marketing side, we're like, okay, you know what else can we do in stadium? How can we honor you know our founder who also founded the AFL and we created the Lamar Hunt legacy seat and different things like right. that, and, and had a big hand in soccer too. Yeah, he huge hand in soccer, tennis, sport. He was a sportsman. Um, it, it, it's very special that we you know get to uh, say that uh, he founded the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so there's a lot of different history and things to pull from. Um, and then we're like, okay, you know, how do we honor the 60th season when it comes to game presentation? And that's kind of how we developed our gold end zones, which is a nod to Municipal Stadium when the Chiefs played there. Um, and George Toma, who uh, actually uh, developed the first Super Bowl logo that was actually on the field for Super Bowl One, he was the painter, the field painter here in, uh, in Kansas City. And Lamar loved his work so much, he brought him out to Super Bowl One. He's like, you know, we don't don't really have a logo, but you know, we can have you come up with something. So uh, it started with conversations like calling him and figuring those sorts of things out. As a fan, that's I mean, a, a kid that grew up to be a, as a fan, it's got, that's got to be incredible deep diving into that history. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm a history buff too. Yeah. So it's like Chiefs plus history equals everything for me. Plus you you're know? kind of getting to design it too, right? Because that's, oh, that's yeah. essentially the, yeah. you, you you sent me one of these and I've got it right in front of me, man. And, and it, it looks incredible. The, Thank the you. brand guidelines. So, you know, you incorporated, you asked, I noticed that like from a color scheme perspective though, you're, you're, you added on to your traditional palette. And uh, right. one of those is like the 60th blue. I'm curious how that came about. So um, the 60th mark is a blending of the Lamar Hunt patch that's on our jersey and you know creating a way to make it a commemorative mark for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to include the blue because it's a part of that Lamar Hunt patch that right. honors Lamar as well as um, the AFL. So uh, that's kind of how it got incorporated there. But it, it, it's one of those things that it was a very rare circumstance that we used the blue. Yeah. Um, and it was mostly specifically in the 60th season mark. So, I mean, one thing I noticed is that you, and this is actually part of your, I believe your uh, normal style guide, which is yeah. using tungsten. As yeah. one of your typefaces, so tungsten yeah. is obviously one of those typefaces that it's a Heffler and Company typeface. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know when you work in sports, and obviously I've, I've freelance a, a pro team that I've recently freelanced with. Anytime that I would want to use typefaces that were not necessarily in Adobe Type Kit, there was always like a little yeah. bit of a battle. So, so do yeah. you guys have like were you able to push getting a budget to use that as a as a licensed typeface, or yeah. how did that how did that come about? Hundred percent. So that actually was in our style guide the year previous. Um, and I loved using it so much, uh, and we've had United in there for years, and then we made the switch last year to go to Tungsten and then Integral as well as that fat, bold, wide um, opposite to Tungsten. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, we, we put it into the budget, and we made it happen. Um, so it, it, was, it was something really, really cool for us this year, and then the special uh, fonts are the ones that we really used a lot of this year. Right. Um, the ones that were 60 season, and that was Parts and Labor, and uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, oh, the fonts. Uh, uh, Integral, Integral, and Trismo. Trismo was the yep, other one Turismo. that's like that wide yep. one that we actually it's kind of got like a like a racing mark. vibe, I think. Yeah. To it. Yeah. 
when we were when we were going through our archives, like uh, I actually specifically found something that looked that wide and that that thin, also, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so throwback! I have to find something similar, and we found it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So, how does this? How were you able to sort of make this look for this year? Like, so there's obviously talk to me about you have like your overarching brand, right? The Chiefs yeah. brand. And now you have this campaign, which is playing off of the Chiefs brand. How do you make those sort of play nicely together and that, you know, and helping people understand that, hey, you know what? This 60th season logo, this is not our brand. This is just our campaign. Yeah, I, I, I really think it, it had to start with us being consistent, right? Um, we couldn't just go and switch fonts and say, we, we're doing this for a little bit. Um, that sort of thing. But we literally, we started with the draft. Or actually, no, we started with schedule release, and that was kind of the release of the logo. And then, you know, and then the next thing was draft, and then how do you integrate 60th season into that? And then the next thing was, you know, say training camp, and how do you integrate that into the signage? And then it just becomes this synonymous part of the brand for the year. Um, so uh, for me, it was it was knowledge of our brand and, you know, the things that we've been doing for the past five, six years. And then and how do we alter that to be a little bit more historic, a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit, you know, setting us apart from where we've been? And we we integrated tan for the first year, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy to say, like, we're, oh, we're going to go tan instead of white, and it's going to be so special. But it actually made such a significant difference when you're trying to honor something from the past. So I, I actually loved where we went with it. Um, it started, you know, with building a fleet of logos that were throwback logos that we found when we went went to those archives. Mm-hmm. So that's in that style guide as well. A throwback Chiefs, a throwback Chiefs Kingdom. So, so the lowercase Chiefs Kingdom. Um, I wasn't able to find like hard, any internet references on that. So, is that something that you found back back then that you were able to sort of replicate? Yeah. That's awesome. 100%. Yeah. So that was on a pocket schedule from 1969. Um, And I think we used it for a number of years, a little bit. um, And then it evolved into the cheese font that we have now. But I was like, oh my gosh, look at look at these round curves. Look at how special this is. Right. It's so different. And so from there, you know, you build these fleet of logos, and then I'm like, okay, how can I use these logos in a unique way? And we built a pattern based off of that. And um, we use that throughout the season. Um, and then uh, not just the pattern, but then it's like, okay, we, we've got these fleet of marks. Like, let's make some merchandise. Right. Um, and so we we went and made we made like throwback starter jackets with you know throwback marks with the foot ball that says Kansas City Chiefs and then hats and beanies and t-shirts and you name it and so it, it's really cool to pull pull out those pieces of history and get to celebrate it because everybody everybody in Kansas City loves that stuff right. they love the throwback they, they still wear Zubas with barbecue stains on them from 1990 <laughs> you know to, to the Arrowhead yeah so, um, well and that, and you know the the sort of you could almost even say the Kansas City Chiefs in the football logo yeah that that style is like really is like back. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, some, it it's is. cyclical. Like you see all these sort of like these logos on Instagram from these like famous designers and they kind of have that vibe to it, you know? Yeah. And that one that one has like been like an earworm in my brain for so long. Um, it's a hat that it was on a hat that um, 
our, our coach Hank Stram had in the 1969 championship season. And I saw it and I was just like, oh my gosh, what if, you know? Yeah. And so this year we pulled it back out and we used it all the time. And it was just so special to, you know, uh, get to do that. And now it's on the side of a starter jacket, t-shirts, all that sort of good stuff. So so were you, were you able to, um, by any chance, find or, or talk to, I know you obviously talked to the whole end zone. We talked about the end zone painting thing earlier, yeah. but were you able to find any, uh, data or information on who maybe even created that initially or some of that stuff? You know, I, I actually, I, when, when I was looking back, it wasn't just looking back at our team, but looking at other teams. Um, and uh, when you look back, it, it was one of those things that almost every team had a version of that football logo. Uh, so we, we did our best to emulate the one that, you know, we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, when it comes back to the, some of those old marks, we couldn't track the people. Right, right. Yeah. So you, you were able to bring in a, a, a Kansas City illustrator that, if you're listening to the show, you probably have seen his work and know who he is by the name of Tad Carpenter. Uh, yeah. It does incredible work. Big football guy. Um, yeah. He definitely is not illustrating your typical sports design aesthetic. He's, he's right. definitely a vector illustrator, but you were able to bring his style in and integrate it into some things that you guys wanted to do. And I know there's some interesting stories about it with his, with his dad and, and all that. So you can, can you just talk about that experience and then kind of like his appreciation for being able to work on this team that he loves? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, taking a little bit of a step back from that, the reason we got to work with Tad is because, uh, we got to, we presented an idea to do a poster series and that was based off of what Insung and, you know, the Portland Trailblazers had done as well. Right. So, and the, I think um, the Red, New York Red Bulls even like maybe even started yeah. that whole thing years ago. So, it had been like an idea that like uh, some of our leadership had seen around. They're like, I like this, but it seems like a lot of work. Who can do this? And so we 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 have an arts program here at the Chiefs, and it kind of ran through that a little bit. Um, so uh, I knew immediately when you so know, we what, got approved so to do it. What is the arts program? Because I, I remember a few years back, you took over my yeah. Snapchat and you discussed it a little bit. But can you just sort of yeah. reiterate what that what that is for people? So, it's it's a little bit similar to that of Dallas, right? So we have um, all local artists um, uh, submit arts for the arts program here uh, at the Chiefs, and then uh, they're up inside the club of our stadium. So there's, if you walk through the club level, it's fascinating to see all the different kinds, you know, art of art from people in the Midwest. I know a few of them. Um, a few of them are extremely special. Um, all of them are, but you know, it's really cool to see how our club level has changed after the beginning of that program. So uh, knowing that you know we have ownership with an appetite for that, it was really uh, nice for us to be able to be, say like, well, what if we did this you know limited poster series run for every game and you know extend the program a little bit. Um, so that kind of became the Arrowhead poster series that we got to do this year. But uh, when, when we get into that, uh, the Arrowhead poster series, we knew that we wanted it all to be a local artist, just like the arts program uh, in the club. And uh, obviously, it's a little bit different than, say, painters or uh, you know different sort of you know sculptors that you'd see in the club. So we had to find the right people, um, and I knew immediately that we had to get Tad. And that stems from, one, being a Kansas Cityan uh, and loving his work. Uh, Been a big fan of his for a while. And then a couple years back, uh, he had his uh, made-in-the-middle or middle-of-the-map 
conference. I think it's made in the middle conference. Yep. Um, and I met him there uh, for the first time, and he tells me this story where uh, he his entry into design was winning a design contest from the Kansas City Chiefs, and his art got to be on a ticket for the year. So he from there he won. You know, uh, I think it was season tickets that year, and you know his love of Kansas City Chiefs and design, you know, flourished. Right. So I, I hear that story and I, you know, chills. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, this this guy, Kansas City, extremely similar. Uh, he he's you know gone on to work with major major brands like Target, Sonic, and right. all these other and, brands. And, and, like, and oh a my big gosh. Kansas City like apologist. You know what I'm saying? Like a oh, salesman yeah. of the city. Yeah, uh, and I. Honestly, too, like nicest guy ever. Uh, I love this guy, and uh, so we get to the arts program, and, and we're starting to vet some artists through ownership and things like that. And uh, you know, we had to get Tad's name in there, and so it was very special to get him uh, on that first one. We did him for the home opener um, for uh, I think it was Chiefs versus Baltimore this year, um, and that was just an unreal experience to get to work with you know a design idol of mine. Um, and uh, get to you know end up making art with them. That was that was pretty special. You know, fast forward a little bit, and uh, we got to use him again uh, at the end of the season. Um, and he did the Super Bowl poster as well. So uh, it, it's kind of cool that we got to start the season with him and then cap it off with him as well. Uh, it's it's just been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And, and he the the sort of the dad in me sort of remembers the message that he, <laughs> he posted where he's like this sweet message from his dad who you yeah. know, thinking about Tad who's probably I don't know I mean he's maybe early 40s or something like that if I had to guess uh, apologies if he if he's not <laughs> yeah. um but um you know like his dad is is posts on his own facebook about I'm so proud of my son he always wanted to do stuff for the chiefs and it's just it was a yeah. sweet little icing on the cake to see that yeah i mean just tears right like you can't help yourself and then on top of that when he he was going through all, through all that and designing for us for that first poster he had uh, uh his firstborn his firstborn child wow so, like, you know, he was going to get tickets to the game and, and different things like that, but obviously uh, bigger priority there. Right, so right. It, was, it must have been a crazy week for him. Um, and then, you know, we, we got to cap it off again and use him again for the Super Bowl poster. That's awesome. So the, so the Tad stuff and, and all the posters are obviously great, but there is one particular campaign that stood out to me as one of my favorites of the year for you guys that seems like really was a very successful social media campaign for you. I know that yeah. you're getting a lot of play from this was the Mexico City campaign. So yeah. I was curious if you could touch on that because I know that you integrated, you kind of had your pattern vibe going on still, but this time you integrated hand-drawn typography, illustrations, sketches, and whatnot, and the motion was great. And and the seamless Instagram, like the whole thing just worked together so well. So I'm, I'm, can you give us some insight into that campaign? So that campaign, um, basically it... It started the year prior. If you remember the year prior, um, we were going to play in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And uh, that game gets pushed because of field conditions and things like that. Um, so I had all this stuff kind of pre-baked, you know, I uh, kind of ready. There are elements that, you know, we used this time that weren't ready that, uh, back then. But, you know, it kind of all went into the graphics graveyard. I was like, oh, man, like, this is never going to come out. I can't believe this, you know, all that stuff. But when it gets announced that we're going to go back to Mexico City, um, that's kind of when we're like, okay. 
hey, you know, uh, it kind of started with an idea uh, of like, what if we made everything, you know, by hand, which is literally asking ourselves, what if we did it in the hardest way possible uh, to make things for social? So uh, that's kind of, it started the year prior. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of try to pick out a couple of things a year where we really get to sink our teeth into. Yeah. and that was one of those things where I was like, this is really special because it's not just our audience anymore. It's international, right? right? right. So how do, how do we represent ourselves? How do we represent you know, our brand as well as Mexico City and you know, honor it in the right way? And um, that's kind of where it all started. So uh, we started it, it, just after we kind of wrapped up the 60th, we were kind of starting to work on, okay, what can Mexico City look like? We've had some of these elements from last time, what can we edit? What can we tweak? What makes sense? What what are we doing this year that we can, you know, make a Mexico City version of? And we ended up making a Mexico City pattern and things like that. So, um, yeah, those things. It was one of those projects where it's just, you know, uh, it was a passion project. Yeah. Uh, and, and as well as like, I'm, it's it's also never going to be perfect too. So you have to be okay with that. Um, cause everything's hand drawn and I'm, I'm one of those people where I'm like, you know, I'm super zoomed in an illustrator making every single, making sure every sing, single pixels, right. And things like that. But you have to kind of allow yourself to be loose and be okay with that. Um, so that was vastly diff- different for us, but yeah, it, it just, so did you do it, the sketches, all the yeah. sketches, all the sketches, wow. all the drawings, all, all of it was on an iPad and then all the lettering as well. So much was it. You know, was like a learning work in progress. I had the benefit of like trying it last year, learning from last year, to making edits to make it even better this year. So I'm fortunate in that. But uh, yeah, it, it was very, very special to get to do all those drawings. I think we had about 12 players pre prepped of the player different the player versions of the interstitials. And then on top of that, we did all the generics, the field goal, interception, things like that. Yeah. Um, big play. Um, so, And then inter- integrated the, the lowercase Chiefs logo from this, this year. Yeah, yeah. We integrated different elements from the pattern, but made it, you know, Mexico City inspired. Um, so, and then, you know, we're meeting with our team. We're like, okay, you know, how else can we do this? And they're like, okay, well, what if we did an Instagram grid? Uh, and I was like, wow, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Do you think we can do it? And it was extremely hard. And hats off to the Vikings for doing it all year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, their, their creative staff's incredible, for sure. That's insane. That's insane. And... Uh, Hats off, like hats off to them. It was so hard, um, but we ended up doing it. It was fantastic, and uh, really proud of the work the work we got to put out for that one special game. So, uh, first of all, I'm I'm working on Alicia. She's supposed to come on the show in the future. So, if you listen to this, Alicia, let's get you scheduled, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. she's she's kind of quiet. I talked to her at, at MLC, and you could tell that she's doesn't. Uh, she likes being. She's comes off as very humble. You know what I'm saying. Just got this incredible oh, yes. team. But um, back to back to your thing. Um, when you're doing an Instagram grid, and especially as a team that is constantly posting content all the time, yeah. how do you determine how many like levels of rows you want to take up for your mm-hmm. grid and that type of thing? Is there is there a best practice for that, or, or are you just kind of like doing that on the fly? It was not necessarily on the fly, but we had the pattern ready 
And so it repeated in the right way in case we had to do an extra row of three. Right, right. right? So everything had to happen in threes inside of the grid. But uh, we kind of based it off of, you know, throughout the year how many posts we would do on game day. And then on top of that, you know, the 24 hours before, you know, the 24 hours post. So um, that's kind of where we got a rough number. And then we had to be flexible enough to say, like, okay, if we go one over, it's going to be three. So that's kind of how we figured it out. Um, but we were ready for, I think, 21 posts or something like that. But um, we I don't know what we ended up doing, but we were safe. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, it was it was awesome. You should enter that into uh, the Clio Sports Awards, man, or one of those award shows for sure. Yeah, that and the 60th season are two things that uh, you know we're extremely proud of. So, good stuff. Well, the big elephant in the room. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's Super Bowl time. The thing yeah. everybody <laughs> that's been listening to is like, why haven't these guys talked about the Super Bowl yet? <laughs> yeah. But you know, you guys are so so here. Where you're making a run, right? And me and you were having a conversation about getting you on. Um, yeah. You, we were going to have it after you win your divisional championship, but decide against it in order to gamble, to take a gamble on maybe doing one after a Super Bowl win. So it, it, luckily for us, and fortunately for you and me, actually, is yeah. a, it was a great decision. So we were talking in a, in a very yeah. uh, uh, positive light. <laughs> yeah, I, and I was so superstitious, too. Like, I, I kind of wanted to do... You know, before the Super Bowl, then you can get like all the excitement about yeah. it and things like that. Yeah. But obviously, it turned out for the best. Um, Super Bowl run, uh, things about that. Yeah. So, uh, so the hustle and bustle, right? Like you guys get in. It's it's Sunday. You get in. Uh, what happens now? Two weeks. Stress levels high. Marketing team. What are you guys doing? Yeah. So I'm gonna take it back one week because um, the AFC Championship was actually something so special for everyone here right because of the trophy because of the trophy right right? uh we uh last year got to the afc championship and we had a spot that we've been sitting on for five years talking about what the lamar hunt trophy means to this organization as well as to the kingdom um and that went out and that was special and we got to talk about it again this year but i can't tell you how how much I cried, how much you know it meant to me and my family, to the kingdom, every everything to just win that trophy. So uh, that what a year, day man. was probably. I mean, yeah. seriously, the whole thing. Yeah, uh, unreal. Pat coming back and um, all the work that we put into all these different programs, and yeah, it, it's been an unreal year in terms of you know obviously our workload, but um, what our team has done as well. Um, it's brilliant. So. Yeah, it, just to be able to say that the Lamar Hunt Trophy's home um, and being able to use some of those graphics that you had pre-baked and, and things like that, uh, that was extremely special. So we win that Sunday, uh, you know, monkey off the back, uh, and, and we're going to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, nobody in this organization has been through that before. Uh, you know, we haven't been to the Super Bowl in 50 years, and obviously it's a much different event than it was back then. Mm. Um, so... Uh, that's kind of uh, it, it was like a couple of days of like figuring out what we're gonna do and like uh, the way I like to say it was like obviously there was gonna be a bunch of workload coming but uh, it was like the tide was coming uh, receding I could see the tide receding you know uh, I can see animals running away because they know a big wave's coming right. <laughs> I don't know how big this wave is yeah. coming you know yeah um, so it, it hit and we got through it. Um, 
But uh, those two weeks, I didn't really get to work on like Super Bowl creative until um, I don't know Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of Super Bowl. Really? Um, because you're making parade stuff. You, oh, you're, yeah. You're, you have so much. You got to be do. ready. Yeah, you have. Yeah, it's ba- which yeah, is crazy because it could be yeah. a potential graveyard. <laughs> stuff exactly you know? exactly yeah so i made six different bus wraps for the parade signage for the stadium or signage for the stage and things like that a, a bunch of different versions of signage and super bowl champs logos and you know world champs logos um so that we can use partners on it and you know different things like that so I, i'm cranking through a bunch of those um, and you know, uh, making sure that we're going through the right channels, things are approved the right way. Um, and then I think on that Tuesday, uh, we actually had uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we had a video shoot with the players where we we fortunately thought far enough ahead where we could have um, the players uh, for like interstitials on social, like for touchdown, sack, all that stuff for Super Bowl. So we got we were able to make a, su- a Super Bowl style um, kind of similar to what we did for Mexico City when we were on social. So uh, that was actually really cool um, to be able to do. Um, but yeah, su- pre-Super Bowl is all about um, making sure you have all your ducks in a row for post-Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, trying to make sure, like, post-game, like, graphics that you want to go out, like an MVP graphic or what's your Super Bowl winning graphic. How, how do you announce the Super Bowl champs logo? You know, should it be animated? Should it be this? Um, and that was another thing where we just sat down in a meeting and we looked at our our assets that we typically do, like game day, 24 hours, and we're like, okay, how do we plus this up? How do we make this uh, as amazing as it need to, needs to be for the Super Bowl? I think we did a pretty good job of that. Uh, We have a a guy who worked up um, some animations for us for Game Day 24 Hours, and he did a really good job, as well as the one on the Super Bowl Champs logo animation. So um, we're pretty proud of that. Yeah, and it was was a great... sort of design staff matchup too, right? Because the 49ers have a great creative staff over there. I know you got to meet up with them a little bit. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're an amazing team as well. I, I've always, you know, um, looked up to the things that they've been able to do throughout the years. Even when, you know, Mayberry was there, Ben Mayberry was there, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there's actually some, you know, former chief staff as well over there on the 49ers. So uh, uh, there's a couple of people that we know and love. You know, it was kind of crazy to get to match up against, you know, some of your your friends as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was a it was a surreal moment. Like just, I was walking in uh, the Super Bowl press box trying to find my seat, and you know, I went up, and then I saw I, I saw the 49ers designers, and that was really cool. Just to have a you know quick moment, right. you know, because everybody's going through the same thing, right? I mean, it's yeah. just you're getting ready, yeah, you're getting ready to get to work, but you're also trying to soak soak in the experience. Yeah, and you're you're getting nerves, but you're like, I can't believe we're here, and all of that. Right. Yeah, it, it's it, it was it was cool to get to go up against them because they're they're an amazing design staff as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was it was special. So when you jump on the plane, right? You got everybody's got their significant others with them, and you guys are heading down. Right. Um, are you as soon as boots are on the ground? Are you working? What are they doing? Like, what are your families doing? Are you able to enjoy any events at all? Yeah, so uh, I fortunately was able to get all the work done for the most part. Um, 
you know, pre-boarding that, that plane. So we, we get on the plane, uh, we stayed at, uh, the hotel, uh, with the team and that was an unreal hotel that like had a water park in it. It was amazing. Um, and, uh, uh, so we're down in Miami and so we get there, I think it was late Friday night. We got there late Friday night and, uh, I think we just, you know, had some dinner and went to bed. And then the next day is just Super Bowl events. You know, uh, they have so many different things that you can go to. There was like a, a fan rally. So we went to that. I got to experience that, be a fan a little bit. Um, there was, uh, like a team event, uh, where you got to go to this team tent and hang out with, you know, every other front office staff and, and then there was a Super Bowl NFL experience where you got to see uh, like all these different activities that they do for the Super Bowl and you know different sort of uh, uh, fan engagement opportunities and things like that. And that's where you get to see like the merchandise and all that cool stuff. And um, yeah, that was that was Saturday. And then you know you wake up Super Bowl morning Sunday and. You know the nerves start kicking in, right? Um, which is crazy. Uh, you know, I didn't have to board the bus until um, I don't know. I think it, I, I boarded the early bus sometime around noon, but uh, or twelve thirty. But before that, you know, just to cut the nerves, uh, I went and rode water slides. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and so that that was an unreal moment to like do that, and then you know give yourself that distraction and then you're like okay it's time to suit up it's time to go to work yeah so so you and uh, you and christine is it zambetti or zambidi uh, I, i'm gonna guess zambetti yeah. um yeah well, she used to work at arkansas we've met and, t- and chatted we follow each other she she uh very talented very talented designer um yeah you guys got interviewed by dribble so you're dribble famous yeah <laughs> yeah how'd, how'd so, that come about that was that was a cool thing. Uh, you just get email just comes out of the blue, and I'm like, I don't know how how you got to me, but you got to me. Um, and it's dribble. Um, they're like, hey, we want to talk about Super Bowl design. You know what you know what it takes and things like that. And that's one of those moments where you're like, say yes. You know why not? Um, and uh, so that was really cool to be featured in an article with her because um, we. You know, the Chiefs and the 49ers have very similar design philosophies, both extremely traditional brands, both brand colors that are extremely similar. Um, So it's kind of cool to see how she talks about it and how I talk about it as well. Um, uh, Cut from the same cloth, it's pretty special. Right, right. So the honeymoon phase is essentially, I would assume, going on right now and maybe even coming to an end, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, it, you want to celebrate what's been done yeah. and what you guys achieved. Yeah. But now it's you know it's sort of time to get to work, and you got a whole new set of challenges and new goals. So how do you? Yeah. Um, what is that like? How do you kind of shift the mindset to okay, now it's time to not necessarily forget what we did, but it's it's time to sure. shift our focus. Yeah. So this is this is the struggle because now sixtieth uh, season style guide. Uh, goes away, right? And you know everything that we did to be so consistent and do do things that were special for this year. Uh, we get to kind of reset the deck, but the way I'm trying to think about it is, it's not just resetting the deck for post Super Bowl win. It's what's our brand like for the next three, four, five years. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I get to do now um, is celebrate the Super Bowl, right? And uh, and different things like that. And believe it or not, I'm already 
been talked to about you know season ticket box and things like that for next year so um we're starting the research phase now um figuring out where we want this thing to go and uh obviously we'll stick true to our mission statement to our brand and our brand essence but uh now we get to fold in a little bit of champs in it which is which is different um but but also really really cool well and i mean uh, the good news for you guys is you've got if you think about the player brands and the coach brands, I mean, you've got so much positivity to work with, right? You got a you got a, a likable coach, yeah. a charismatic tight end. Yeah, those uh, those Kelsey boys, man they they give uh, they give some hardcore speeches. Both of we them. got some personalities, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. A, a, a kid next door um, type quarterback that's real yeah. likable. So yeah, and he's such a nice guy. Pat's so nice generous with his time uh all the players are um uh when i when we get opportunities to have like production days where we you know take video shoots of them or you know photo shoots um they're always awesome so uh it's it's really cool to see like the young team that we have and you know the different leaders and how they've grown as well they're they're all awesome so building around them is obviously first thing you're going to do that's awesome, man. Well, Jordan, I appreciate you taking the time to come aboard. I cherish our friendship. It's been a true pleasure to get to know you all these years. And uh, kind of in a weird way, I've seen you experience a lot of life events, right? Like I was yeah. like around when you got married. Yeah. And then now you win a Super Bowl. So it's been a wild ride, man. I look forward to hanging out again soon through video chats or yeah. in person at a conference, hopefully soon. So why don't we wrap up by letting you give your social media and shout, sure. out, shout out where people can find you. Yeah, you can find me at uh, on Twitter as like it's underscore geez, uh, G-I-E-S. And uh, I, everything else is a little bit more private, but I'm, I'm more of a Twitter guy. Uh, on, on Behance, um, I believe my... Uh, it's just behance.net slash geese, so G-I-E-S. If you can't tell, that's kind of my nickname. Um, and uh, that's it. Um, I can't thank you enough, Adam, uh, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to be on. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hopefully see you at MLC. Yeah, buddy. Awesome, man. It's been great. Talk to you soon. All right, man. All right. Thanks again, Jordan. My next guest is going to be William Peebles. William is an industrial designer by training, and he founded the Huntington Baseball Company in 2009 in Boston. At Huntington Baseball Company, he is reviving a foregone era of the handmade baseball goods by way of design, research, and craft. You can follow Huntington Baseball Company on Twitter or Instagram at HuntingtonBBC and check out some of William's amazing products. It should be a good conversation with one of the true physical makers of sport. Big thanks again to my guy, Jordan Giesler, for coming aboard the pod. He's one of the nicest guys in sports design, as you can probably tell from the show. He truly deserves being a part of a special team and a Super Bowl. Um, and as he mentioned, you can follow him on Twitter at It's Geese, I-T-S-G-I-E-S. And he's also a longtime member of the Makers of Sport community where you can join along if interested at makersofsport.com slash community. Past Makers of Sport episodes can be found in Apple Podcasts at makersofsport.com slash iTunes, on SoundCloud, or also now on Spotify. Uh, you can also listen at the website or find any information there at, or Twitter, makersofsport.com at makersofsport. If you do enjoy the content that's coming from the Makers of Sport brand and are interested in supporting it, as you know, I don't 
do paid sponsorships, so you're not having to fast forward through any mattress company ads or anything of the like. You can support the show by joining the paid member community, which I mentioned previously at makersofsport.com slash community. In exchange for that fiscal support, you'll have access to additional and ever-changing content such as private Q&As with future former and special guests, community video hangouts, as well as interact, share private, trustworthy feedback, and build relationships with like-minded professionals in the Slack channel. Additionally, please take one to two minutes and head over to makersofsport.itunes, click the five star, and write about your positive experience with the show. When you do this, it helps others like yourself discover this podcast and the value it brings educationally to people that are wanting to work on the creative side of the sports business. If you cannot support the show fiscally by joining the community, these comments are a great way to show your support and love. I read them all, and it definitely helps me to to stay inspired and to keep going. I will also accept any likes or ratings on Stitcher SoundCloud or whichever podcast application you enjoy listening in. I'm at T. Adam Martin on social. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week. Thank you.